What's up? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm an artist and the designer and the founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. And this is the Art Pays Me podcast. I love talking to creative people about their business, their successes, their challenges, and how they make the world a better place with their work. Let's get into it. There you go. There you go. I had the screen like minimized so it hid some of the stuff. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, so, welcome to Art Pays Me. Today we have once, once. What is it that you do? Uh, I'm an artist and producer, uh, but mostly a producer these days. I mean, I put out music as an artist, but I feel like the production side is mostly my focus, like trying to work with other artists, you know? Ah, interesting, interesting. Um, And you're based in Halifax? I am. Yep, I live uh, downtown Halifax. I've been here for, I don't know, since I graduated college, which was a long time ago now. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've been in Halifax since 2006. I guess, yeah, I moved up actually fall of 2005. And then my wife and I, we uh, bounced around like between Halifax and Bedford for a few years and then finally landed downtown. Where did you come from before Halifax? I grew up in the Annapolis Valley. Okay. Um, Like at least from the time I was nine. So I was born in in Woodstock, New Brunswick. My parents uh, swiftly moved to Hamilton, Ontario after that, which I'm thankful for. Uh, Woodstock's a very small place. Uh And uh, yeah, it's funny. I feel like we stopped there on a car trip a few years ago and I was like, we, we stopped at the Walmart for, uh, I can't remember what the reason was. And uh, I was just like, Oh my God, I'm so glad I didn't grow up here. Um, <laughs> no hate on Woodstock, but uh, it's not for me. It's not yeah, for me. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I lived in Hamilton until I was nine and then my parents moved to uh, Wolfwood, Nova Scotia, which is where okay. I'd say my formative time was. That's, that's interesting. Uh, so is it very so for people who don't know like wolfville it's very close to where I, there's a university in wolfville i should say so a lot of people from bermuda i know like go there is mm. is um like acadia very much uh like a big part of the the conversation yes. there daily oh my I, it's like the center of the universe and in, in the town i feel like it's kind of the reason the town is the way it is in a lot of ways because uh-huh. um, like the Annapolis Valley is beautiful, right? But yeah. it, it, it's a very rural place and mostly it's been an agricultural kind of spot. You know what I mean? Um, so there's tons of farmers markets and farms and all that stuff. Um, but then in Wolfville, you have kind of a, a different mood because there's a, a small university there that's like, it's been very well regarded for a long time too, right? So um, kind of, I guess, like lifts Wolfville up a little bit makes it a little bit more uh, like more than just a, a tiny town in like yeah. a rural strip. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like I was well aware of, I, I couldn't tell you, I mean, I know now that I've lived here for a long time, but mm-hmm. if I know anywhere in the Valley, it was Wolfville. So, yeah, I mean, of course. So, and what, uh, what university did you go to in Halifax? I actually, so I, I went to St. Effects in Antigonish, oh. and then I, I moved to Halifax after I graduated. 
I wanted to be a part of a music scene and uh, I also didn't want to live at home with my parents after graduating and they didn't want me to live there either. So it was, it was fine. It was mutual, nothing, uh, <clears throat> no conflict or anything, but just yeah, like yeah. growing up, you know, do, do my thing. Um, so Halifax was kind of the natural next step for me. Moved in with some friends from high school and started trying to make connections in the, in the music scene here, make some friends, start projects, that kind of thing. Cool. So you you went from one university town to another university town. To exactly. University town. <laughs> yeah. It's what it, I didn't think of it that way for a while though. It's, it's kind of because I was just outside the like the university ecosystem. You know, even though I was still like that age, I guess. Mm. Um, but you, it's so right, right? There's like what four or five schools here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it brought me here. It's 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 very interesting. So. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you actually. <clears throat> um, what not what the reason was, but what brought <laughs> you to Canada from Bermuda? Yeah, NASCAD. So. Uh, oh, nice. Came here specifically for that, and ended up staying. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I've only been to Bermuda once. One of my friends uh, from high school ended up getting a job there, sort of early on out of college, and he stayed. He's never come home, and I understand why. When we visited him. <laughs> like oh man i don't blame you stay as long as you can yeah yeah nice 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 um actually what beaches did you go did you go to any beaches oh we did i mean this was a long time ago now uh, this is probably uh, 11 or 12 years ago okay. so i i remember very little but specifics like i mean in terms uh, of like what the names of things were okay uh, my general <clears throat> impression of the place was like just kind of paradise you know for a place yeah. to be on vacation and chill out especially like it was april and it just felt like summer you know yeah yeah for sure yeah by april it's it's pretty it's getting pretty hot at, at that point at least by canadian standards anyway mm -hmm. cold exactly for, for remedians are still cold uh so did you always want to do music is that something you kind of knew from jump yeah i mean Basically, as long as I can remember, um, I've always been making music and playing music. Um, my parents, there was a story that they would tell when I was younger about me. I guess I was around like two or three. My parents had gotten a piano and the, my older brothers were both in piano lessons. And I think that must have attracted my attention to it because I guess I was sneaking out of bed in the middle of the night and going downstairs and tinkling away at the piano. Wow. So they, they're like, well, this kid is clearly like... <laughs> interested uh let's start him on some piano lessons so i kind of did that for a long time and then got into drums i left kind of piano behind for a long time and got interested in guitar and you know before long you're playing like the whole rhythm section you know what i mean yeah so as a producer where do you start from uh like does it come from drums or it could it literally be anywhere it's yeah it it, it all depends on because like i i'll use you know, depending on how, uh, how like creative I'm feeling, I guess I might use a different process to like make myself be creative, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, so, you know, sometimes I'll start with like even just a mouthbeat um, and then kind of build around that if I'm trying to make a track or I'll just be noodling on an idea on the keys just for fun. And then I'm like, oh, well, I should record this and then start building from there. But it's usually just situational, you know? Like whatever yeah. instrument I happen to be playing, and then I decide to start making something. If that makes mm -hmm. sense. No, yeah, like um, there's something about constraint uh, that 
just helps oh, you yeah. tap into creativity in a different mm -hmm. way. Well, yeah, it focuses you, I think, right? It, it kind of gets rid of a lot of distractions. And <clears throat> for me, like the starting point of a song is always just the starting point. It doesn't have to be, you know, if, like if I started a riff on the guitar, it doesn't mean it's going to live on the guitar. Um, I have like some completely electronic songs that started out with me playing just folk chords on a guitar. But once you get the idea in your head, you're like, oh, well, that doesn't live there. And then just kind of take it where it, where it needs to go. Right, right. Are you uh, like a big 80s music fan? I love the sounds of the 80s. Yeah. Certainly. Um, you know, I, I was born in the 80s. Like, I was born in 83. So I grew up listening to all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, just like on the radio and around me. And so like the first song I remember, the first songs I remember like being obsessed with as a little kid are... Uh, we built the city on rock and roll. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, oh, what was the uh, where Richard Marks? Wherever you go, <laughs> oh yeah, you, right, like that stuff. Uh, and then, uh, God, like the the Humpty Dance in the nineties. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember when. Um, when rap sort of hit like my friends and like hip hop, like my brother's friends and stuff. And that would have been like probably 89, 90, 91 kind of thing in Hamilton. And like trying to do like hilarious dance moves in my friend's basement, all of us like trying to coordinate. <laughs> oh my God, anyway. Yeah, yeah, I, I came to, to that music a bit later. It was more like dance all Caribbean stuff for oh, me yeah. where I was growing up. Yeah, that uh, makes perfect sense. So, like, it wasn't until closer to high school that I, which was 90s, and mm -hmm. uh, that's when I, I got into hip-hop. And uh, But, like, yeah, the, the the 80s pop, it's it's underrated. I listen back to it now, though, like, and I just, especially soundtracks on certain movies, I'm just like, oh, oh yeah. man, it's, it's hidden. Um, <clears throat> well, synths have come back in a huge way, right? Like, Yeah. I mean, they've been back for like almost 20 years now at this point. Um, Cause I feel like right when I was getting out of college, that's when it seemed like, you know, guitars were like, the guitars are always there, but mm -hmm. they were kind of not the focus again for a minute. Um, mm -hmm. And so I feel like, yeah, the last at least whatever, 15 years or so that I've been making music, like it's been a lot of big keyboard sounds driving a lot of like pop and even indie and, and hip hop music. Um, guitars are coming back again now. Yeah, but also everything is cool now. It feels like mm -hmm. it's, it's everything all at once. Yeah, well, I mean, I've I've heard people say stuff like, "Which era of music would you want to live in?" And I think I'm I'm a unique individual in that I kind of like this era the most oh, yeah. because of that reason. Of course, this this is. I mean, if you're a music fan, this is the best time to be alive ever. You know? Yeah, and I'm assuming it's just going to keep getting better, but like uh just access wise like you know dreaded spotify obviously there's lots of things <laughs> on spotify that i hate sure. but as a music fan like that or like you could use title you could use apple music whatever streaming is incredible for just like anything you can think of you can find it and yeah. you can stick that in and then you can make a song inspired by that on your computer for almost nothing and, and like the out. tools <laughs> the, exactly and the tools are so accessible they're so powerful now like um you know, I feel like when digital recording started, it it still sounded pretty bad. Yeah. And then, but now it's like, I, I mean, 
I don't know. I don't consider myself like at the level of golden years, the way some like famous mix engineers and stuff are, but I just read stuff from them all the time talking about how like it's gotten to the point where the plugin is probably as good as the real thing with a lot of stuff, like talking about tape emulation or different preamps or whatever. Sorry, I'm getting into nerd speak, but, um, no, that's cool. but like, <clears throat> it's amazing. That's why I think you have, you know, 15 year old kids making amazing music at home. You know, mm -hmm. they've got YouTube University also right there at their fingertips. Yeah. Like, I totally agree with you. Like, I just think there's so many cool currents going on in music right now. Yeah. Like, when I was in university, there was kind of this discussion of the, uh, I came sort of after the graphic design industry had gone fully computer, but I mm -hmm. had instructors who were still in the non-computer mindset to some extent mm -hmm. and some of them were just like uh you know you would hear like some folks really glorify those days of pre-computer but then other ones were like there's there's no way like i can do like so much everything a hundred times faster mm -hmm. and it, <laughs> there's, there's no way i'd go back at this point totally like that's why it's always funny to me like there's a, this fetishization in the music world about like tape and analog recording and yeah. um I think if you want to use that process for what it's great for, which is like, you know, you, you're forced to commit to an idea and you have to really perform it in the moment. So if you're going for something that's really alive feeling and you're like, I'm not worried about imperfection and mm -hmm. I want this sound, I want to just build it, you know, uh, in a more traditional way. It's like, that's great. But yeah. otherwise it's so much harder to work that way. <laughs> like, why would you impose that limitation on yourself unless it's part of the idea? I, exactly I, it's a weird thing to fight against um yeah i get into debates with other like engineering folks around stuff like that sometimes because for yeah. me i just fully embrace cheating with the computer like <laughs> like i'll i'll nudge a drum beat around until it sits just how i want it like i'm not i don't know there's a weird ego thing that can get in the way sometimes i think about yeah. like fixing things but it's not about fixing for me it's getting it right and making it feel the way I want it to feel. And sometimes that's actually more off the beat than on the beat or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's where the art comes in. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. it's your perspective, I guess. Right. Yep. Like what it's all about is like your, your vision. Yeah. So you're um, also a vocalist. Is that, did you get that sort of from uh, when you were leader of glory glory? I kind of, I've always been trying to sing <laughs> my okay. whole life, like, you know, like sing around the house. And uh, luckily, like, you know, my family was pretty encouraging. So they would listen to me, like serenade them in the backyard and whatever, yeah. like just trying to write songs. Um, but like, I've never thought of myself as a singer, singer. Mm. Um, I did a very tiny bit of training uh, around the time Glory Glory started touring because I kept losing my voice. Mm -hmm. So I took voice lessons with Gary Williams, who founded DePopo Theater. Okay. But you know, he was amazing. He basically like just taught me how to sing in a healthy way, um, like support your breath and all this stuff. Um, and so since then, it's, it's <clears throat> something I can do uh, better but I mm -hmm. still don't really consider myself like a singer singer. You know what I mean? That's why this project has been so fun. Mm. With the want songs, there's 
there's no expectation that I have to sing every song. Like I can just hand it to someone who's going to make it so much better, which is like the case with one of the songs from the last record. I, I wrote it um, and it just, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it justice. You know what I mean? So I got Emily Sorry to sing on it and uh, she just blew it up. You know what I mean? It was perfect. Mm. Um, Interesting. I, I kind of love those producer led albums in that way because mm. you, know, you say like a, um, a Mad Lib or somebody like that, or mm-hmm. even Kanye to an extent. It's like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Pharrell. Like, it's just they'll the voice is a tool. If they want to use it as a tool, they or an mm-hmm. instrument, they can, but they just really don't need to and don't want to sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like the collaboration part is the is part of what makes it fun for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last record was such a struggle because it was kind of like I'd been in a band, an indie rock band for 10 years, like Gory Gory, you mentioned them. Mm-hmm. Um, with like my two best friends, we were like brothers, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, when that, when it, when it was over um, and it was up to us, like we decided to just kind of stop because it just didn't seem like it was going to go any further. Mm-hmm. Um, that was extremely heartbreaking. <laughs> it kind of took a while to to process that I kind of was like grieving it for a while. And that was also mm-hmm. the time when I was starting to work on new songs uh, for this project. And it was so hard at first to make stuff by myself. Like mm-hmm. um, you don't have that hand on your shoulder to be like, oh, that's no, good. That, that part's cool. You don't need to worry about that. Or to like pull you back when you need to be pulled back or yeah. just no feedback. Yeah. There's no, uh, yeah. you know, no response. So, and at first I was like too afraid to even play stuff for friends. Um, but I started doing that and that helped. Um, but like once I started messing around with making songs with other people, like uh, Pinio and Loeb had me sing on a couple songs. So we hung out in the studio together. I was like, oh, this is the way to do it. Like, I don't mm. need to push this boulder up the hill by myself. I was yeah. hanging out with my friends and trying to make stuff, you know? Right. Do you, so I struggle with this. I'm, I'm very much a loner, very much a solo creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that you're doing that more, how do you, like when you, and you get that feedback, how do you feel about it? Is it like when you say play it for, me, for friends or mm-hmm. even just putting stuff on social media, like, how does that feedback impact your, your output or does it? Oh, well, I think it definitely <laughs> does impact it. Okay. Um, especially like, <clears throat> you know, there's, there's certain people whose opinions I respect more than others potentially. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, some Joe Blow on TikTok wants to like <laughs> debate whether my beat feels good or whatever the thing is, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't, that's just kind of funny to me. That's part of life online. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my friend Johan, if he's here and he's not, he's like, oh, just maybe play with this, then I'll take that more seriously uh, um, because I trust his ear. I think he's got an amazing ear and yeah. he's always, he's always down uh, to work on any idea I have is what I've experienced working with him. So I'm not like, I'm not concerned about him, his taste boxing me in too much or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also am, and I think this is part of why I ended up being like a producer I always think I'm right, <laughs> you know, or like yeah, when, I, when I feel strongly about something, I'm like, no, that's actually got to stay the way it is. And, mm-hmm. but I would certainly entertain trying it another way. Mm-hmm. Now that's like grown up me 10 years mm-hmm. ago. I wouldn't have. 
And so like my poor glory, glory bandmates, they had to deal with uh, the young version of me who was like, no, you just do it my way. Come on. Um, and eventually like by the end of the band, it was not like that at all. Um, I think that was part of the growing up process, you know what I mean? As an artist and person. And, yeah. Um, learning to take uh, feedback from others better. Um, but so yeah, always willing to try it. But I find that's like um, kind of a good exercise too, because the speakers don't lie. Yeah. And even like the person who suggests the idea, like if, if it's not working, people usually will not stick to their idea mm-hmm. in my experience, because it's, yeah. you know, like why fight where the song wants to go or yeah. You know what I mean, mm, that's interesting. That's, I haven't thought of music in that, way why fight where the song wants to go huh that's cool yeah, well <laughs> this is like on my mind because i made some dumb tiktok earlier this week where i was like i wanted to make a process thing for yeah. the song that i just put out with johan for adding up and just talk about like the little parts and when i opened up the session i was looking i was like where did this piano loop even come from like what did i make this out of because uh-huh. sometimes you know i made this sometime last year when i was making a ton of stuff mm-hmm. um, i was trying to work on a beat tape which quickly just turned into a record with Johan and Kai, <laughs> uh, which is amazing. That's kind of the best scenario, right? I was yeah. making a beat tape to put out to be like, to the local hip hop community, like I'm here, like I want to do this stuff too. Mm-hmm. And him jumping on a beat, uh, every time I played it for him, like a new thing, he'd be like, oh yeah, let's do this. <laughs> uh, <which is> so <laughs> gratifying. Cause it's like, oh, this is, um, you know, this is what I want to be doing. Um, sorry, I'm like taking a Turn. no this is exactly what this is about i like this this stuff but uh so i'm trying to make this process video and then what i found was the original thing that started the song and it was totally different uh-huh. um like <clears throat> you know similar kind of feel in the sense of like it was like a halftime vaguely hip-hop kind of feel mm-hmm. but a lot slower not nearly electronic feeling uh no sort of like modernity to it Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of funny to like go through the session and follow like where the ideas came from after that, because it is just like letting, letting something take you where it, where it wants to go. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't know if you listen to Griselda at all, but I've been kind of on a Griselda kick lately. And a lot oh. of the production is like, you know, sample from like the old Italian, like gangster movies or whatever. And it's, Oh, cool. You know, you don't necessarily associate that with hip hop, but like you can just see the foundation of a lot of their beats kind of come from that kind of sound. Oh, yeah. So would it be like the um, like spaghetti Western kind of sound? Yeah, maybe. Like Uh, some kind of string sometimes or even piano. Like it, It could be literally anything but it's just like as long as that melody kind of loops in a certain way they just add some drums on top of it Mm -hmm. a little bit more something else and it's like oh okay i see where they're going with it Uh, well you hear that in like a lot of older hip-hop too like more sample like you know when people were actively sampling records more obviously some people still do that Mm -hmm. a lot of people just make samples and then Mm -hmm. build songs that way i think mostly because of the financial reality of sampling something (laughs) right i mean you know at a certain point you you like my friend aj actually kind of drew my attention to this he plays bass in in the live band with me and he's a fellow like mix engineer and stuff and he was talking Mm -hmm. about how like when he was in high school growing up he couldn't get into the the hip-hop that was popular and like 
as an older person looking back on it, he's like, when I'm listening to that stuff, you can hear it's, it's when people were making their own beats, not sample based. It was like that uh-huh. transition period in the 2000s when it was more um, just like people making stuff on computers and samplers and, and not necessarily sampling records as part of it. You know what I mean? Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he's like, and that's, it, it just wasn't there it yet. Took he's like, but now it is like now it, cause people will make a sample that sounds like it came from a record and then build on top of that. And it's, yeah. it's kind of like more like the old process, but mixed with this modern thing that's so cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's also cool sometimes when people sample and you can't even tell. Sometimes I'll like, I've heard a song and I'll be like, oh, yeah, they use this sample when I'll, you know, I'll listen to some nerdy podcast mm-hmm. on it. And it's like, what? And when they strip away all the layers, you're like, oh, shit, like that, that is that sample. That is there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I remember when I realized the um, Kanye, uh, what is it? PYT sample in mm-hmm. uh, Good Life or whatever. Yeah. Which yeah, like, I mean, it's like so the... prominent there, but like I didn't, I wasn't into Thriller and stuff like that when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So we, were, we got into Michael Jackson and the band van and mm. uh, listening to that, I'm like, oh my God, this is what that is from. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's yeah, funny. Like... I love the recontextualization of it. Like it's so mm-hmm. great. Yeah. So like um, you mentioned something before about like, what constitutes an artistic flop and i was really interested in that like the money uh you know how much money you make how much money you spend as independent artists we know like it costs money to to produce our work Mm -hmm. just the reality of it um and then like do we want likes do we want fame do we want people (laughs) people to love us and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. like for you have you kind of thought about what it is you're actually looking for out of this out of music in general? Yeah. Oh, it's such a tough question. I mean, I wrestle with this stuff, honestly, like, um, especially the last few years, because I'm, I'm getting older. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all getting older. Well, yeah. But I'm feeling my approaching middle age, or like, really, I'm, I guess I'm entering middle age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I still, in some ways, even though I've been at it a long time, feel like I'm kind of like finding my my footing in the business you know like in the music business um so certainly don't feel like a a success yet at this point Mm. you know so like i decided to call this project flop era out of kind of nowhere but the idea popped into my head because i was reading coverage of uh, billy eilish's new record Mm -hmm. and people kept saying like oh billy's in their flop era i kept seeing this expression and i just thought that was such a funny yeah and i'm like this is her second record like, like <laughs> we 20 were years old like in her flop like, oh my god you don't like this project that's fine like calm yeah down. um but it made me think for myself i was kind of like also going through just pandemic uh blues kind of mm. whatever and i was like that's like the perfect way to describe this period of my life <laughs> mm. um but yeah, what do I want to get out of it? I don't like, I do want to, like, I, I always say this, like, I want a career in music. I want to be able to, you know, support myself making music, which has been, I guess, a reality the last uh, eight months or so. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just working on producing and mixing, nice. and playing shows and stuff these days, which, yeah, it feels, it actually, yeah, it feels really good because it, yeah. it's taken me a long point, a long time to get to this point. Um, but, uh, you know, we're still not making 
too much money. <laughs> it's the artist's <laughs> life, right? Yeah. Um, so like, I think that if, if I was slightly more comfortable, maybe, maybe then I'd feel like a success. Maybe that would be, but like ultimately what I want to get out of it is I just am compelled to make stuff. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, one thing I've been thinking the last few years is like, maybe this doesn't have to be a career, you know, like it, I could, I could see myself getting into like mudding or construction or who knows something completely different. Um, and just, I would keep making stuff, but not worry about trying to pay any bills with it or, mm -hmm. you know, just do it for the love of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, tough one right the arts it, are it, hard it is it's it's very uh it's it's tough and it's uh it's a question that i think all of us have to ask so like before we started recording we were kind of talking about where i'm where i'm at and mm -hmm. how i'm feeling close to burnout or maybe i am experiencing i don't i don't know uh well, it's a hard time too, right? Like, I feel like um, <clears throat> we've all lived a lot of years in the last two years. Almost, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's a crazy time to be alive. Just like geopolitics. Like there's just, it just feels like everything all at once right now, you know, it's which is also what I'm talking about with flop era. Um, but sorry, you were saying, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it, no, go for it. That's, that was just it. It's just, this idea of wanting to do something fulfilling, but the reality of having to pay bills. And that often means with us is we ha people have to like us. People have to mm -hmm. engage with us. And it can't just be about making what we consider to be good art or good work or whatever the case may be. At some point, we have to play the game of, of uh, getting that, uh, that critical acclaim. And, mm -hmm. and how do you do that and but be you be genuine at the same time it's uh it's complicated it's you complicated. have to get lucky <laughs> and yeah right. i mean yeah well it's tricky right like how do you do that i've i've thought about that a lot the last like five or six years since my old band uh died r.i.p um but like <clears throat> you know i had a profound or what for me was a profound realization because it was always I always thought, oh, it's about the music. Like you just have, you have to be the best band you can be. And just, you know, I was like such a music school nerd mm -hmm. about it. And then after the band, I had this realization that it's like, no, music is a social phenomenon. Like it's, you know, in a music scene, there's people that want to be hanging out together. And, and like, there's, there's some that are just naturally more cool, whatever that yeah. means right? Like it's, it's social stratification and in, in that's happening. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there's certain bands that everyone wants to play with that everyone wants to go to that show because it's uh, or, or groups, I shouldn't say bands cause it's not even so much about bands anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but like, that's why people are there. It's not, it's not necessarily cause they're the best at playing guitar. Right. For most people, it's not about that. It's like, Obviously, the music has to be pretty good, but yeah. like most people make good music now. Yeah. Um, like the barriers to that are not what they once were. Um, and like even throughout history, obviously, there's been plenty of like super famous, influential uh, bands that 
they're not the most amazing like technical musicians, right? It's about the message of it and what else was going on in the city that they lived in. And then that gets notoriety and then it grows from there. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, I don't know. How do you do that? <laughs> How do you do it? <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things that have to come together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, I, I'm not, um, I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses for where I'm at, but I think uh, more so just I'm more aware now of how many things need to sort of collide to propel you into like a real career or like being super prominent in your industry. You know, it's true. It's, it's, it's rare true. air. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's actual work. It's, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's not, it's not as uh, glamorous and glorious as it kind of looks like. Um, oh yeah. I mean, most of it is so not glorious, right? It's like mm-hmm. on the music side, and I'm sure this is kind of similar to like painting. There's mm-hmm. a lot of hours spent by yourself in a pretty like <laughs> quiet space, or like in my case, I was making lots of music, but um, you know, you're, you're spending a lot of hours on just the craft itself. Yeah. And then in, in this age, uh, there's all the promotional stuff on top of that too. Right? Yeah. So I spent, four, <laughs> I spent four and a half hours earlier this week in one sitting making a TikTok. I, I'm not joking. I believe you. TikTok <laughs> is incredibly like those people are geniuses over there. Like yeah. some of these creators who are who are doing it consistently. I was uh, saying the same thing to my friend last night. It, it's it's not uh, it, it's like thirty seconds or whatever, and they're doing whatever. But they put some time into into. Oh yeah, that. well because they're just learning how to use the app, like how to edit within the app and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's certain limitations that uh, are confusing and confounding at times. You're because like, there's something there's amazing things you can do with it. Yeah. Uh, but you know you need to know how how it works. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> you know I'm not a digital native, so it's like mm-hmm. you know I'm approaching this as a 39 year old man <laughs> trying to figure <laughs> out how to use TikTok on my phone. Um, and I wanted to do something really specific that process video that I was talking about which had to have all these various elements. So it, yeah, I, it took me multiple hours and I deleted everything I had done at one point. Oh no. <laughs> Accidentally. Accidentally. Like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. funny you say that. Uh, I, I just joined TikTok and I've been trying to dabble in it. It's after I had uh, Ria May on the show, she convinced me. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, I think it's, it's worth a try in the sense of like, it's so wide open in a way the other uh, social platforms seem to not be at this point. Mm-hmm. Like Instagram and, and Twitter and Facebook feel like these kind of weird gated communities these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like it's hard to know who's even seeing the stuff you're putting up. Right. Um, but I know the TikTok algorithm is really like, it's based on your interests and how you interact with the app. So I think if you are thoughtful about that and just, consistently putting stuff out there like you're going to connect with other people and you know whatever it can just help be a part of things Mm -hmm. this is fun it can be a fun outlet yeah it's growing on me i thought it was not stupid but like i just didn't get the appeal at first and now i i get it and i'm spending more time there and Mm -hmm. um and for me it's like documenting the process videos again but like it's funny a lot of my process is literally just staring 
at a painting for like 30 minutes. So that's, <laughs> that's not I feel like you could do some interesting <laughs> stuff with that. You just need the right hook, like the right text on the screen. That's true. That's true. Yeah. What was I like one of those uh, time lapse videos on your iPhone or something? You just staring. Yeah. And it'll just be like. <laughs> yep. 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 So is Flop Era done? It's done. Yep. Is it out? Because I couldn't find it. It's not out. Okay. So we've got one track out. The first yeah. single is out. The one with Johan that came out so, uh, last Friday. Got you. So yeah, adding up. Check it out. It's 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 fire. I love Johan actually. It, I've uh, got some of his music from from before, and uh, he's he's wrapped the brand a, a couple times and things as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, he's so, um such a like multi-talented person. Like I um he's just a, an artist through and through. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like because he's an artist as a musician, like a singer and rapper and producer because he does some production too. Yeah. Um, but also just in sort of like the way he lives, if that makes sense. Like yeah, he them, he'll be like he's like all of a sudden he's making this doodle that's like kind of incredible. Um or even the way he can uh sort of like control his visual brand you know what i mean visual mm -hmm. brand, whatever that means both like aesthetically his own clothes yeah. or like crop photos i don't know i'm just always like blown away with him i'm just like okay you're the real deal yeah I, I love how he like organically incorporates like that anime type stuff into his his mm -hmm. visuals and stuff and He's, he's actually somebody I haven't really sat down and talked to that much. I've only kind of met him in passing and just followed him online. But he just, mm -hmm. it's exactly the vibe that I get. Like he's, he's an artist with a capital A yeah. uh, uh, for sure. Um, so he's definitely somebody I got to talk to more. Uh, totally. Well, and I think you guys would connect around because he's from Antigua originally. Yeah. Right? yeah. The island thing. And it's cool. Like, I feel like through this project, like us working on some of these songs, I, like there's one song in particular where he really goes like full island, like brings out his oh, really? accent and stuff on the track. And uh, I loved it. I, like when he started doing, I was like, yes, like it's so cool to hear that side of him. Mm -hmm. But he's like a Kendrick Lamar kind of character in that he's got all these different voices he can do. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, and it, it's like it's so entertaining and captivating mm -hmm. um yeah i'm just blown away with him also it's funny like the first time we ever hung out in person we just kind of been chatting on twitter and instagram and whatever and finally we connected in person and that's when we made adding up like we did almost that whole song in a day wow and you produced that or did he produce it mm -hmm. yeah i made the okay. beat I, I sent him the beat on instagram which was the impetus for us to actually hang out he's like oh gotcha. like <laughs> all right it's like i'm coming over then um, <laughs> and then yeah it was it was great it just we kind of like decided to keep hanging out after doing that one nice nice has, has anyone ever um well i saw tara the uh an article tara thorne wrote about you uh reek she kind of mentioned the weekend has, has anyone ever compared you uh, to the weekend no but i love that okay <laughs> that's like the best compliment ever um hmm. okay yeah i got it there were about that <laughs> i know that that was something that i thought about and i didn't know if you'd be insulted by that but there were certain 
things in the in the way you use your voice and sort of the tone of the music in certain area aspects like i kind of got weekend oh, cool. vibe not like current weekend but more like house of balloons weekend that that, that is era. so funny you say that this record was mixed in the studio where house of balloons was made no way yes like i would go use the restroom and i'd be looking at the like platinum record or whatever up on the wall that's insane um yeah i was one of the producers on it so i because like um so i i mixed the record at Dreamhouse with calvin hartwick who did cadence weapons record last okay. year right um, nice, actually nice. it was it was that record that made me connect with calvin because uh, i was mixing my friend keeper e's album right in january and she sent me senna as a mix reference and i was already okay. familiar with the record but like when you're listening that way it's very different like i was listening for kind of the more technical side of how everything is sitting mm-hmm. and i'm just sitting there in headphones i'm just like oh my god like this record sounds so amazing everything is exactly in its place and it made me think like oh i gotta try to reach out to this guy um just to see because i couldn't like my last record i went to new york and i was mixing with my mentor but uh the timing for this wasn't going to work out because of covid right and so I was like, okay, I have to do it in Canada and mm-hmm. Calvin's in Toronto. So it, it just made perfect sense. And then it's funny. He referenced the house of balloons thing <laughs> with one of the songs. Cause I sent him the, the early mixes I had. And then as he was kind of diving into the songs, he's like, Oh, like this, and I can't remember which song it was. Um, but he's like, this really reminds me of, I think it was adding up actually. It was like okay. the, the synths. I think he said in one of the choruses, it's like, Oh, this really reminds me of house of balloons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah you and calvin so i guess i'm not uh, i'm a little bit more knowledgeable music than i, than oh, I thought yeah. <laughs> Plus, i mean i love that that's like that's the best compliment like he he's an incredible artist i think yeah i think so too well yeah, clearly like look at his success well, right? like yeah <laughs> i mean there's that but also just i just think his everything about the way he rolls music out it's like a fucking movie. I don't know if I can swear. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, um, go for it. Yeah. I can't help myself. I'm a bad musician. Um, <laughs> but like, it's it's so um, like there's just such a clear vision. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, like aesthetically, and yes. then his singing voice is just unmatched. Yeah. It's like for me with male singers living, it's like him and Justin Bieber probably. Like, uh-huh. there's some other great singers out there too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um just in the pop world but Biebs is he's underrated in terms of like just how talented he is too like people oh hell yeah don't like to acknowledge it but that's a talented dude he's amazing i you know it's it's the shitty thing of growing up in public and being a pop star yeah you know like it it shouldn't be allowed like people shouldn't be child stars it's like (laughs) i know right well it just I mean, it seems like it's working out for him because mm-hmm. you know he went through it and I don't know how he managed to sort of pull out of like the trajectory he was on there for a minute. Yeah. I was so happy to see what happened the last like five or six years with his career, like Same. with his comeback. Because like mm-hmm. he's an amazing musician yeah. and seems like a decent kid, you know, who just mm-hmm. like was in a crazy spot. Like imagine having all the money in the world, all the fame, like, and you're a fucking teenager, like, I think about that all the time. Like I moved to Halifax when I was 19 and I was going out three, four, sometimes five times a night. Mm-hmm. I mean, a week, I should say. 
And if I was a millionaire, then I was doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or even if there's just a camera on us all the time. And there's a camera on me all the time. Exactly. Even just take away the money. A normal 20-year-old does stupid stuff. Stupid stuff. I certainly did. Yeah. I was a total asshole a lot of the time, but like, thank God, yeah. no one knew who I was and <laughs> knows who I am. Um, like, I can't imagine dealing with that level of fame. Like, I would never want that level of success. Same, same. You can keep it. Give me the money, though. I'll take the money. Yeah, but, uh... like I mean, I like the idea of being like someone like Catronada or something. Yes. It's like, like yeah, I get to do remixes for the weekend and play crazy shows, but like, he's not the kind of guy like you're gonna walk past him in a mall and instantly know who he is. No. And who he is and you know what i mean but everybody in the industry knows who he is and everybody respects him that's that's the sweet spot right there that's it man that's i mean you know i've sent uh i sent adding up to a few heroes and like some of them were nice enough to respond and it's like that's that's literally like the most i could ever hope for like that to me is everything it's just people i respect wanting to engage with it in any way and and seeing it as being valid that's like yeah I guess I'm just seeking approval out of <laughs> in the end, but uh, it's funny. You know what, though? I, I've acknowledged that for me, I think that's okay. I used to be embarrassed about mm-hmm. that, but now I'm just like, yeah, I want people to like my stuff. I, it's Who okay. Who doesn't want to be loved? Who yeah. doesn't want to be loved? Like, both as a person and, you know, yeah. the artist is an extension of your person. Like, you know, when you're listening to my songs, it's like, you're hearing me. It's mm-hmm it's really like it's my perception of the world even if even if like lyrically it's not necessarily like coming from the heart purely or do you know what i mean Yo, sometimes yeah, it's yeah. like you're just telling a story or having fun with like especially like on the new songs on this record i was just kind of i was really leaning into um like i would allow myself to say things that i wouldn't say uh, you know I mean? just right i'm yeah. like this is the asshole of me talking now mm-hmm. or this is like this is me being kind of pissed off and nihilistic and I don't, I don't care because mm-hmm. what is like, are we all going to be alive in a couple of years? I don't know. It's like, now's the time to maybe just, uh, let it out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And especially within your art, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or art. I feel like, uh, for me with music, I always feel funny about calling it my art because <laughs> it's like just commercial fun pop music. But, um, I guess, uh, I lost my train of thought, but um, in terms of like getting your personality out through the music, it's yeah. um, it's going to happen one way or the other. Even even if your words are not from your own perspective, mm-hmm. like if it's yeah. me, it's it's going to be my point of view on like what sounds I like and whatever. Yeah, well, it, I mean, as someone who studied art history, I would tell you not to worry so much about you know, whether it's commercial music and can Mm -hmm. be art because one thing I learned, which I found funny is that most of these like highfalutin sculptures and paintings that we celebrate by these so-called old masters, uh, they were all commissioned by, for the most part, anyway, some rich royal or religious leader. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh yeah, just make me look, you know, impressive or, you know, or tell this story to, you know promote this this ideology so for the most part those are just those aren't like the artist vision from their soul it's like some king said do this shit for me <laughs> totally what well, there isn't a, there's an 
element of like just craft everything right mm-hmm. and i think um craft and art are both not the same thing but they are at the mm-hmm. same time it's like how much do you want to load it up and yeah that's usually up to the viewer you know yeah. what i mean it's it's easy to take something that maybe was made with a commercial mindset or or not like you know someone didn't have a, a whole thesis behind it but they just mm-hmm. made it and then you can bring your perspective to it, it as exactly viewer, right you know um yeah. Like, I don't know. yeah i appreciate that i just i find it funny it feels like um a pretension in music sometimes when people are like oh it's like that's just my art it's like an excuse sometimes or yes. a it feels like someone's putting it on a little bit too much i agree um, with that with me i'm just like these are my little songs like they're mm-hmm. i don't know yeah no i i because i on the other hand like i do i think there's some value to the way the audience interprets things. I remember Kanye got pretty mad at the way that uh, video he did of, of, with um, Pete, uh, whatever. Davidson. Pete Davidson. Uh, you know, he was mad at how people interpreted it. But the thing is, like, once you put stuff out there, it's the it's the audience has every right to interpret it. However, they are not yours to. anymore. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's that's the conversation, right? So like. I get to put the thing I made out there. That's me talking. And then people get mm-hmm. to talk back and then I yeah. can talk back to that, I guess. But it's like, doesn't matter. It's, you know, yeah. like, it's totally valid to, to criticize or comment on it. Yeah. It's like, man, it sucks. They didn't get it the way I wanted it to be and, you know, mm-hmm. interpreted, but that's, that's part of it. That's just part of the journey of, of making art. You know? Yeah. One, I don't know. It it would be terrible. Like, and I have a lot of empathy for him in the sense that I just think like he's in the crosshairs culturally, like way more sure. than he should be. Sure. Um, and always has been kind of. And it's like it's some combination of like his personality, and then just uh, like who he is in America and what America mm-hmm. is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, like, did you watch that genius documentary? I did. Yes. Yeah. Because it's it's interesting, like watching it, you're like, you are always going to be a huge star. Always. always. It was definitely like, and not just because of his talent, but obviously it's like, that's a huge part of it. But like, he was the guy in the room that believed in himself and was willing more to than like, anyone just stare you in the face and like rap his song at you um, with a conviction that like most people never achieve even on stage. Yeah. You yeah. know? Um, but even early on, he dealt with so much like backlash and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that is like due to uh, race and racism. And sure. you know what I mean? Like it just, I don't know. I had a similar thought watching the Michael Jordan documentary. Mm-hmm. These, these towering figures in American society that like the media wants to rip down mm-hmm. and, and like insinuate weird shit about that like doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Particularly like the story where they're talking about like, uh, Michael Jordan's father, mm-hmm. right? And like something with, it was some gambling thing. And they, yeah. they were like, just like, someone was just like taking a wild guess in the paper about like murder, potential murder, this and that. It's just like, where are you getting that? Like, that's so crazy saying something like that. Like that's yeah. wild. You don't need to publish that. Like it's, it's, it's so weird. <laughs> yeah but it, well yeah and it, i don't know like i say it's it's more reflective of the culture itself than it is those figures right yeah yeah and that's that's the complicated thing with um 
with my and sometimes when people ask me how I think about what Kanye is going through and what he's doing it's like mm-hmm. uh it's hard for me to comment because I see it's 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 not a very simple t- issue there's so many different layers and mm-hmm. reasons why he's doing certain things and why certain things I still think are wrong but however like I understand it's it there's there it's it's a very complicated thing it's 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 more than him just being an asshole which i think a lot of people want to chalk it up to but uh people want a simple answer right but it's it's nuanced there and it's not simple and like um you know i spent a lot of my life like working in the mental health space Mm -hmm. uh, because like i i had a part-time job for a long time Mm -hmm. supporting people with disabilities like adults with disabilities okay there'd be a lot of mental health concerns and like watching i remember the tmz thing like when that was i don't know when that was like it was like around trump and kanye and oh yeah yeah you know they had him in the studio and he's clearly just like having some sort of break or something right it's like going and he's on tv doing it like you know most people don't have to suffer that Mm -hmm. um and like mind you he sometimes puts himself in those positions but (laughs) i still have empathy for that like you i don't know not simple that's the thing like when you have that much money and and influence you can put yourself in in those situations you don't necessarily have the the uh, the padding or protection mm-hmm. of uh that other people <laughs> have you know? yeah he has like a different kind of pat like you know what i mean like he has a way more comfortable life than most people would ever live but yeah. it's like he's so much more exposed yeah it's just, you know? yeah, yeah. When I'm being a drunk idiot, it's like at home in my living right. room and no one cares because it's yeah. just some random <laughs> guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot yeah. that goes along with being a towering cultural figure. And so like, yeah, I would never, ever want that. Yeah. You know, Although so, I'm sure the respect piece is nice because he's clearly one of the greatest living artists and producers, right? Yeah. Just objectively, like that's, I don't think objectively, you can argue yeah. that now. Like some, he's some people still will, but for 20 years, what's that? Some people still will, but you know, They're, I mean, I don't know. I don't respect your opinion. If that's your opinion. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. you, are, you can have it. You mm-hmm. can have that opinion, but um, there's just too much influence. Like he basically changed music like twice. Mm-hmm. And fashion. Uh, and fashion. Just, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like the thing, the funny, and then I'll get off Kanye because uh, I don't want to make it about him too much. I'm sorry. But yeah, I'll always go off subject. It's a, it, no, it's fine. I, I I think these these topics add to you know where we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things I I do find interesting in the Kanye thing too, as well, is that he's willing to bring new silhouettes to the shoe industry or clothing industry that we don't ne- haven't necessarily seen. And mm-hmm. people, now that I'm sort of starting to get more into the sneaker world and, and understand that a bit more. And I find that a lot of people in that industry, they're just like, oh, Jordan, Air Force One, mm-hmm. uh, Air Max. Like there's just like kind of the repeat of the same sort of silhouette, just with different colorways where it's, he has been willing to introduce new shapes, but then folks are like, that's so weird. Why? That's a weird shoe. Like nobody would wear that. That's ugly. 
but then you know six months a year later people are are wearing that thing and of course yeah normal. <laughs> well and because i think like in his music in some ways he's always just ahead a little bit ahead yeah and it's like willing to take those creative risks right being willing to do that i think is i'm just plugging in my laptop because it's starting to die out there yeah no problem but yeah that's um, that's super interesting. So are you are you making sneakers? Are you starting to make sneakers now? No, I'm not starting to make them, but are you just kind of interested in them like as a designer? Yeah. Well, like yeah, cuz I you know I have a clothing brand and I have never been a sneaker guy and never really interest, been interested in that per se. I just functionally I just wore them to play basketball and that was it. Other than that it was just like give me some Tims and that was oh, yeah, nice. That there was you my go. Thing. Like, I wear Tim's to the beach. Like I, I was that 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 you know, '90s hip hop dude. That's a hard uh, look. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, but like now, um, you know, COVID has got me into my cozy phase, and I'm like, mm. you know what? I just want sneakers. I just want sneakers. Mm. I want sweats. I want to be comfortable all the time, and uh, I want sneakers that match with my shirts and, and tees and my sweats so mm -hmm. then it got me into like oh you know what some some of these sneakers are really interesting so it's just got me thinking a little differently i suppose i love shoes i love sneakers yeah. i like i'm uh i'm not a collector by any means because I, I don't have the financial bandwidth to <laughs> yeah, my, <laughs> my desired habit but i do like fetishize them a little bit i love them um yeah. it's funny though like i think the Air Force One is my favorite shoe that's ever been made. Just in terms of like the way it looks, I just love them it's, so much. It's it's yeah. a it's a hard one. I I it, I have a couple of them, and it's like it's it's a hard one to deny. So. Yeah, I'm on my third pair now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 an interesting space to to dabble into. So I'm I'm having fun learning learning about it a bit more. Uh, well, and who knows? That could be a direction for the brand, right? Like, never know. I, I, I would love to to do like a Nike collab or something like that. That would be well. Because I think that that part of the sneaker culture thing is so interesting. Mm -hmm. um, my friend James kind of like clued me into this stuff a few years ago before I was paying any attention to it. But he was always checking out like the latest. Um, what's Staple Pigeon? That's a brand. Yeah. And like that guy would do different sneaker collabs do different like brand collabs and uh that could be a very cool space for someone like you right where you're just you're an artist with your own brand but you know collaborate with some big name and take some like iconic shoe and do your own thing with it or you know what i mean yeah yeah so um what do you do for fun outside of music i know it's a tricky thing for a lot of creative people to answer i mean i um like for fun i i've got a family i've got little kids so that takes up a lot of like my fun time you know okay so like doing fun stuff with the fam um i really love playing basketball so I've got oh i didn't know you were a basketball player a little bit i mean i i wouldn't like call myself a basketball player you know what I mean? oh, okay. it's always been something it's been something i do since uh high school okay I didn't play on the high school team or anything like that. Like I wasn't good enough. I kind of got into it too late. Uh, so like I've never been good at playing like five on five full court. Cause I just don't, I just like don't know how to do it properly. Do you know what I mean? 
it's it's i know exactly what you mean there's a lot of uh intelligence required uh like a different kind of intelligence required mm-hmm. to play that at that level i play with some people who play at the elite level and they get so pissed off at me because i just don't understand like where to stand you're and- not reading the play <laughs> the same way right <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh it's real yeah see that's what i mean you know and i'm not playing with like elite players i'm just yeah um my friend dave uh Skolton, he's quite a good ball player though and he got together like he got a like a monday afternoon thing together last year and so i've been nice. doing that for like the last year and a half and that's been really fun cool um, but otherwise like i love movies and tv also like i've always been really into that i'm not a i'm not a big sports guy in terms of watching sports i'd like mm-hmm. I like being active though. So I was like playing ball, exercising. Cool. What do your kids think about the music stuff? Are your kids into music? They are. They're both like super musical. Um, Hannah, my oldest daughter, uh, she's nine. She started taking piano lessons last year. Uh, We we had done some stuff. Like I tried teaching her drums because I used to be, that was my job for 10 years, uh, teaching drums and guitar. But um, so I've taught her some things on the drums, but that was never like, I never tried to push it. You know, like I, I feel like it's something they're going to come to. It's just yeah. when they do, and I want it to be them kind of choosing it. Uh-huh. Uh, but she expressed interest in actually taking lessons. So we got her into piano. So she's taking piano lessons with my friend Keeper E. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, it's awesome. And Hannah's an amazing little singer too. She's always walked around making up her own little songs and uh, singing stuff that she hears on the radio or in the car. Um, so I have no doubt that she will be writing songs in a few years. You know, I wouldn't curse cool. her with like a music career necessarily. <laughs> I feel like my kids get to watch me kind of struggling through and they're like, like Hannah already says stuff about like, oh no, like I'm, that's, that's not a job I want to have. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. And, and not like she doesn't mean it in a negative way necessarily. Oh, okay. You know yeah. I mean? It's more just like, <clears throat> I think she just knows it's hard. Like it's, right. you know, it's a tough business to try to sort of uh, persevere, you know? Yeah. But Keeper, Keeper, she's doing some interesting things too. I'm just sort of new to, to figure mm-hmm. and find out about her. So that's a, that's a very cool um, group of people. She's, she's got kind of around her, her dad or <laughs> piano teacher. Yeah. That's awesome. So. One uh, through like my, like you we're in my studio right now. Mm-hmm. This okay. Is my living room. Nice. Um, yeah, like it's it's really like a family affair. It's funny, like Eddie uh, or Johan will come over, mm-hmm. and Kai too. Like we track here. Uh, and okay. Then they'll hang out, stay for dinner. Like the kids love them. They're so sweet with the kids. Like it's. Um. So I think you're right. Like they do have a lot of cool, interesting people coming through. Yeah. Um. And so you know, I I have no doubt they're going to be making music. Um, and Lucy, my youngest, may actually be the musician. Musician, ah, like she's okay. very drawn to the instruments that are around. Um, okay, I can see her being a drummer for sure. But like, you know, career? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'd wish that on them. But yeah, which is, and, and that's. I think that's ideally the way to go. Like once you start trying to pressure them, it's it, then they they lose the love for it. And of course, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I already do that to myself to a certain degree, but, <laughs> right? You know, like, have you gone through periods of time where you've ruined painting for yourself, where you're just like, 
I'm not even enjoying this. Like, yeah, like I only started painting again in 2018, maybe. So like, you know, I'm a graphic designer. That's what I went to school for. Uh, and, uh, but then, you know, interestingly in school, it became, it was so hard. Like it was, it was a lot of work. Um, I just completely stopped doing art while I was doing that and was like, nah, this is not interesting. Um, but, and then there were times when I've completely fallen out of love with graphic design and just like, I don't want to do this ever again. <laughs> uh, but I, I, it, and it's because it just, it just stops being fun. It just becomes, you have to do it so much. You have to meet certain uh, goals, certain objectives, and it's just frustrating. And mm-hmm. like the thing that you, yeah, you were drawn to, but I find the thing that keeps me wanting to paint and wanting to make other pieces of art, even the clothing brand, is just taking that pressure away from myself and having that just, um, faith like you know seeing what Kanye did for instance like with Mm -hmm. putting out these weird silhouettes that everyone thinks is dumb and then eventually growing into it like (laughs) not you know that that monolith painting you see me working on like that's something I would have been scared to to make uh, when I first started painting again so now I'm like that's where I need to lean more into like those places where I feel tackle the fear kind of thing yeah yeah. Is it the scope of the painting? Is it like the size that makes it sort of intimidating or? It's everything, the size, the subject matter, uh, the fact that it was, it's abstract, but like sort of representational at the same time. And it's, and then it's got a really serious meaning for it. Like, it's not something that mm-hmm. someone's going to be like, Oh, this is pretty. I want to put this up in my house. And I'm realizing, like, I don't think I want to make that kind of art. But then that also means I'll probably never sell anything. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, don't say that. <laughs> so I mean, that's, I think there's an audience for everything, though. Also, there is an audience for everything. Yes. Yeah. It's, so it's 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 um, but it's been fun just saying, you know what? If no one sell, no one buys it, it's okay. I don't care. Like I got it out. I had to get it out of me. So. That's amazing. That's, I mean, that's the best reason to do something artistic, yeah. I think, really, is just to enjoy the process, right? Try to say something, like, whatever that is, like, whatever you're feeling or thinking about, just get it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I can focus, focus on commercial stuff with the clothing brand side of things. So that, that kind of balances things out. So, yeah. It's not all hinging on the one painting. No, exactly. And it never will be, right? Like that's, I think that's an important thing to kind of remember whatever you're making. Yeah. And also like I've taken a lot of inspiration from the music industry because, you know, my favorite music artists, I don't like every song they make. I don't like every album they make and it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have to feel like everything I produce is going to be a masterpiece and no one does. Um, Of course. Yeah. You can't, uh, not every hit's a home run. Like, (laughs) no, no. And it's not always going to even there are great songs that don't resonate with me, you know, but I know they're great because like they clearly resonate with so many other people. So, you know, I think you're right. Yeah. We put too much pressure on ourselves, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So when is, uh, when does the album drop? The whole project is out September 30th. Okay. So we're doing, uh, there's going to be another single this summer, um, which features Kai 
Kai Clayton and Johan Black is mm -hmm. better off. And then okay. we're dropping the whole project in September. Got any music video plans? Yeah, I mean, getting getting to work on an adding up video. Um, okay. I should have been doing it months ago, but sometimes, like, I find <clears throat> I'm so scatterbrained now. Uh, like, at this point <laughs> of the whatever it is, it's not. I guess we're we're not post pandemic, <laughs> but it's still happening. But do you know what I mean? Like, I just find it so hard to concentrate lately. It's a weird time. Yeah, like I'm just kind of I don't know whatever too distracted. So I sort mm. of lost track of time before the single came out, and then I don't want to rush it. Um, so we're putting that together, but we're definitely going to do some live videos too, which should cool. be interesting, like live vocals to the track. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, we'll see. Maybe do one other actual music video also for the song that Keeper's on. That's on the record. Okay. She's got nice. great visual ideas, so I'm interested to collaborate with her that way. Yeah, she's another one, actually, that... Uh like i just started following her on instagram and she's always got some interesting visual thing going on too mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah no she's super talented like she like eddie i think or johan is um you know complete artist like mm -hmm. and i recognized that really quickly when she first sent me like the last record before i mixed it um, mm -hmm. just very clear like the point of view is there and then even as we were working on stuff she would always um sort of guide the process she knew exactly what she wanted things to to be or if or if we were in the neighborhood you know what i mean as i was kind of searching out different sounds and stuff with her right um and right then, like watch her videos there's like there's such a clear idea mm -hmm. or like aesthetic you know yeah cool so uh there's one question that i always ask folks um what uh is well two that I always ask. Uh, I'd say first one is, um, what is a challenge, like the biggest challenge you find in, in uh, trying to pursue a music career? I think, honestly, it's like uh, riding sort of the, the highs and lows of like the, the wins and the losses, mm -hmm. you know, or your perceived wins and losses. Like the hard thing for me is just kind of like pushing through when I'm feeling like, oh, like no one cares. Like I'm just droning on and on on my Instagram page or Twitter or whatever about what I'm up to. It just feels like you're promoting yourself all the time. Yeah. Um, but maybe just shouting into the void. <laughs> so it's like even worse. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're, if you're promoting your stuff and people are checking it out and it's resonating then and then you get that feedback, like that's great. But when that's not happening and you still have to do the process and you put all the work into it, you're like, Oh man. Okay. <laughs> Um, I think that's the hardest thing. It's just like, I'm a sensitive guy. So, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, like we all want to be loved. Like yeah. you know, when you're not feeling the love and you still have to keep putting yourself out there, like that's the hard thing. Mm. So relatable, so relatable. And then just time as a, as an addendum to that. Cause like I got two little kids yeah. and I'm kind of the lead parent in certain ways like around like pickups and drop-offs and stuff through the week so that always eats into my working time um gotta keep the family fed you know I'm, I'm the kind of the, the head cook the the chef of the house so like oh. those things I find take take so much time uh so then it's like gotta carve out those spaces where I can do my work <sighs> Yeah, I'm the same actually. I'm the <laughs> I'm the driver. I'm the oh, there's a basketball game. 
I'm taking them. Yep. There's a dance. There's some. They're going to dance. Daddy's taking them. Uh, yep. Make supper. Got to make supper. Like yeah. So and it's it um it it does it takes up a lot of that mental space uh, and lizard literal physical time too. Totally. Well, and then energy, right? I mean, and energy. Yeah. By the time the day's done, you know, Lucy's finally in bed. <laughs> Right. It's like, okay, now I'm going to go sit and open Pro Tools and try to mix that song for someone or make a beat or like whatever the thing is. And sometimes it's easy, you know, and I find usually it's just like getting myself in the chair. If I can get myself in the chair, it'll go and it's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's hard to find the energy sometimes. It is. And that Netflix or that Prime or whatever it is you're watching, it's calling sometimes. It's so easy, right? It's so easy. And there's so much of it. I'm, 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 as it is, like I'm missing out on so much good TV and movies. Yeah. Ever get to see movies lately? It feels like. Do you Um, ever feel like an asshole? Like, you know, sometimes you're, well, you seem like you have a lot of creative friends, but like, do you ever feel like, you know, saying no to social things or you just sometimes just don't have the time because you want that time to create and Mm -hmm. people like come hang out, come do blah, blah, blah. But you're like, I don't want to because I want to all the time and uh i've gotten better about kind of like sticking to my guns a little bit because i you know like i love being around people i love connecting with friends and stuff so you know typically like i would push my i'd be like oh no i guess i can do that thing i needed to do later Mm. Um, but the last year where i've been trying to make a real go and like okay this is going to be my full-time thing um so i really was trying to protect my working hours which are basically when kids are in school or daycare yeah, I'm like I can always count on that time. So I'm like, no, I I do want to see you for coffee, but I can't this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would feel guilty because I'm too sensitive. But same. <laughs> but I mean, whatever. Like you know, it's like find a balance, right? Yeah. Um, just try to have the meaningful connection time when you can, and then protect protect some of those hours so you can still get stuff done. Yeah. Because like the the family thing is the most important thing. Absolutely. Right. Like that these relationships I'm building with my daughters, like that's gonna be lifelong, right? There's gonna be a a good connection there because I've been around, I've been involved, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I think that's important. I've been trying to remind myself of that lately. Because it's easy to get into the bullshit career stuff sometimes and be like, Oh, I'm a failure. But it's like I you know, I've got a nine year old who's this like amazing person and I was a huge part of that, you know. So yeah that's that's success you know oh that just being being happy day to day with my kids and my wife like that's that's success that's the type of success yeah i can i can still do the music i'm i'm doing mm-hmm. it you know yeah yeah we talked about like a little bit before we started recording like how i was feeling and that's one of the things that i i tend to come back to like whenever i'm like oh i haven't hit this goal that i made up that in january you know what you know my my wife loves me my kids love me and that's all good <laughs> exactly yeah well because you know i i think um if you keep at it right if like you just push through the the hard times it's like something will happen yeah. right it might not be the exact thing you planned on but like i mean i see what you're doing i see you making great work and it's like other people around see that too that's gonna spread it's just mm. like keep keep plugging away so that's what i try to remind myself anyways yeah exactly keep doing it yep 
So uh, where can people find you online and all that good stuff? Uh, well, I'm on all the, the social medias. Uh, Wants Music, W-A-A-N-T-S Music. I have a website too, but I haven't. Up- I was actually like in the shower this morning being like, you need to update your web. Because <laughs> it's from when my, <laughs> it's so hard, right? There's so much stuff to keep on, <laughs> on top of. Um, and I stupidly made like a, a WordPress website, which I, I don't really know how to use. Uh, um, so then it's like this other barrier, but uh, that I'm going to get that together over the next couple of weeks because I'm trying to put a record out. So I want things to look good. Cool. Um, but yeah, Instagram and Twitter tend to be where I'm hanging out most of the time online these days. Cool. Facebook nice. is a ghost town. So <laughs> yeah. It, you know what though? It's, it's interesting though. It is active over there, but uh, for me personally, I just don't like to post um over there i just but, find anything i put up it's like crickets like people don't really and i think it's just my audience you know like tends to be a bit younger even though i've got a lot of friends my own age but i guess they're tired of my spammy music posts uh <laughs> so lately i just like i'm like do i even need to post this on facebook like i guess certain things i do but um like when a song comes out you got to give it every chance you can but it's not working like yeah whatever yeah yeah i got you um and uh actually why where did the name wants come from ah well that's kind of related to what we were talking about earlier um basically i just i had a long list of like project names there were a couple that i'd gone through um, when i was making the last record but what settled on the wants thing was i was thinking a lot about uh like we were saying before like i have everything i need like my Mm -hmm. life is good like objectively like it's fine you know what i mean yeah um but i'm still compelled to do this so it's kind of like i was about the idea of like i was going to name it like wants needs or wants versus needs or something and then my friend kind of helped me shorten it and i was like and yeah you should do two a's mm, yeah <laughs> to so make fourth. it because then it's a thing right it's not just a word it's like it's yeah. its own thing it seems like an artist mm-hmm. um so and it's it feels good now it's for a while it's just like well whatever it's just a name like Mm -hmm. a project needs a name yeah cool yeah i like the name Uh, and it it's weird though it does feel 80s too and i don't know why i'm trying to figure out why i think so but it it got an Mm. 80s vibe to it i mean i'm from the 80s i'm from the 80s and uh i do like i was saying earlier like i love those sounds big synthesizers Uh like that's my my jam these days yeah cool well once uh thank you very much for doing our page thanks so much for having me it's nice to like get to know you on here yeah thank you thank you um sorry i made it so much about uh my therapy some this this podcast ends up being Um, therapy sessions that's great yeah exactly well i mean i don't know (laughs) it's very relatable subject matter over here like you know it sounds like we're going through similar stuff yeah yeah I, I yeah i just turned 41 so i'm kind of like in that same like i'm doing something that's sort of a younger person's game in the streetwear side of things of and sometimes i'm like you know uh, it, it's an interesting stage to be in but absolutely like, we should hang out i feel like <laughs> we would really on a lot of levels honestly yeah <laughs> For sure. Get together, get together with Johan. Have a yes, yes. Introduce you guys. <laughs> yes, indeed.
Cool. All right. Uh, so that's it. I'll let you know when the episode drops. It'll probably be sometime in the summer. Uh, oh, sick. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That's yeah. perfect timing. I mean, yeah, anywhere even close to when the record's out is great. Cool. Yeah. I, it'll, and it, I really appreciate you like asking me on. That means a lot, honestly. Yeah. All good. All good. I'm, I'm happy to, to uh, you know, promote folks and help folks grow or whatever I can do. I appreciate it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Take it easy. Yeah, you too. Let's stay in touch. Yes. Thank yes, you for indeed. listening to our page. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Man. Thank you to Langy Beats for the theme music. You can find more of his music on YouTube. If you got anything out of this, please rate, review, or leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening. You can find out more about Art Pays Me at artpaysme.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Clubhouse. I'm at Art Pays Me on all of those platforms. With that, we're out. Peace.